Good morning. So the topic for today is Lecha Mishnah, the mitzvah to have two loaves of bread at the meal on the on the Shabbos, and we'll see the Yom Tov meals. I anticipate that this will be a two-part class, and next Sunday I'll be out of town. So if it goes the way I anticipate, we'll start today and continue in two weeks from today to finish it off. Okay. Um, the Pasuk says in the Parshish B'Shalach, this is in Exodus chapter 16, um, Pasuk 22, he came to pass on the sixth day that they get to they gathered a double portion of bread. two oimers for each one. Now oimer is a it's it's a measure, it's a quantity. And every day the Torah says in the previous Pasuk that every day they had one oimer per individual. And on Friday there was a double portion of two oimers for each individual. And they came to all the princes of the community, they came to tell Moshe about this. So based on this pasuk, the Gemara says, Amir Abba. says, that on Shabbos a person is obligated to break bread in his meal on two loaves of bread. As it is written, they took double the bread. Okay. Now it's interesting, this expression, break bread, in Hebrew, the word is liftsoya, which literally means to break. Right, um, and um, well, that's the word we use. Now we're going to see later a discussion about if you actually have to break both of the breads or only break or cut one of the breads. Um, in English, the expression "break bread" I think is usually used specifically when you're having a meal with friends. So then it's like this expression: "You're breaking bread together." Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it, it is the literal translation, but. Obviously, the mitzvah of the applies even if you're just eating by yourself. It's the mitzvah to break bread. Now, the simple reading of this Gemara seems to suggest that there, this is a biblical mitzvah. We have usually when the Gemara says, you have to do such and such, as the Pasuk says, such and such, that indicates that it is a, it is a biblical mitzvah. And indeed, the Taz, very famously, actually, it's a famous Taz. Um, let me zoom in on without a mouse. Um, I don't know. All right. The Taz um, is actually in the laws of Hanukkah. In the laws of Hanukkah, there is a discussion of what to do um, if somebody has very limited resources and he can only afford either, it's going to be Shabbos and Hanukkah, and he can afford either to buy oil or candle for his menorah or to buy wine for Kiddush. Right, so that's a discussion that's brought in the Paskim, and the Gemara says, and the Rambam says, etc., that um, that the mitzvah of the menorah comes first because of presume nisa, the idea of publicizing and celebrating the miracle of Hanukkah is overrides the importance of making kiddush of wine. So in that discussion, the Taz says that the whole discussion is only if the choice is between wine. And menorah, but if the choice is between bread and menorah, if you could either buy bread for your Shabbos meal or light the menorah, then the bread takes precedence. Why? Because says the Taz, hapas the lechem mishnah, the bread of lechem mishnah, the ayin, precedes over the wine, precedes the wine. In other words, overrides wine and certainly would override them, um, according to the ta- according to the Taz, it would also override the Menorah. Because everyone agrees that Lecha Mishnah, having two loaves of bread at the Shabbos meal, is a biblical mitzvah. Could the Amir Abba, as the Gemara says, the Chsiv Lecha Mishnah. 
right? So the Pasuk says Lecha Mishnah, Rebbe derives from this the mitzvah of Lecha Mishnah, so it must be that it's a biblical mitzvah. If somebody has limited resources, that would override the two. Now, um, okay, so, so, so how we, what, what is the other approach? Now, commonly, the, the, the accepted opinion is that it's not the Raisa. Why is it not the Raisa? So let's first see the sources. First of all, you have the Morgan Avram. The Morgan Avram says, um, he's talking here about the, the law of if, if some, um, when you're allowed to be take out Muslim three of Shalish Sudas. So if a person um, put bread in the oven on Shabbos, so then he's allowed to take them out. If you put it in inadvertently on Shabbos, I forget all the all, all the all the scenarios over there, and it's also not talking about the types of oven that we have nowadays. But the point is that there's a special dispensation that he's allowed to take out the bread that he needs for the meal on Shabbos. So the Mogad Avram says that that's only if you don't have any bread at all, because because you don't have if you don't have any food at all, because you're not allowed to fast on Shabbos. But if you have food, you just don't have lecha Mishnah then you would not be allowed to take out the bread from the oven. And he says the, 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 the reason, um, even though even though you need whole loaves for Lecha Mishnah, nevertheless, Lecha Mishnah is not such an obligation, right? So clearly, if, 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 um, if Lecha Mishnah were a biblical mitzvah, the Mogan Avram would not say that it's not it's not such an obligation. So the pshat is, the pshat is that there's something called an asmachta. An asmachta literally means something that leans, something that's supported by a pasuk. And basically there is, a, there is the, 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 the concept of a rabbinic mitzvah, which is not biblical, but we, but the, we, we associate it with a pasuk, which it's, it's, that's asmachta, it's being supported or leaning on a pasuk. Now, what exactly the point of this is, is a big discussion. Some say the point of the Pasuk is just so that we should give us a clue to remember it, that if the Chazal associate a certain specific rabbinic mitzvah with the certain words of the Pasuk, then when we read those words of the Pasuk, it will remind us of the rabbinic mitzvah. There's other approaches to it also, but the concept of, of an asmachta is something which is throughout Shas, it comes up many times, that's a, a well-accepted uh, concept. So basically, we have here a machloikis between the Hashur, between the Taz and the Mogan Avram. Is this Gemara to be understood literally that there is a biblical mitzvah derived from this pasuk to have two loaves at the meal on Shabbos, or is this merely an asmachta? The Aruch adds, he explains that the reason why the Taz understands that it's an actual uh, full-fledged uh, source from this pasuk that renders it a biblical mitzvah is because really the words double the bread is extra because it could have just said uh, on the sixth day they collected two omer for each one why why do we need those extra words double the bread i know that two omer is going to be double i've already been told that every day is one omer today is two omer so i can do the math i know that it's double so the extra words once it's extra words so therefore the taz understands that it's actually a biblical mitzvah but that's not the opinion of the Morgan Avram. And in practice, um, you, the, the Al-Tarebbe also passes that it's only an, that it's not a biblical mitzvah. Um, and if you, I'll show you here from the Al-Tarebbe, this is from the Al-Tarebbe Shulchan Aruch, chapter 274, Sif base, number two. And we'll read it in English. Every person, male or female, 
is obligated to bake bread on two whole loaves. There is an allusion to this from the Pasuk, the word in Hebrew is a smach right? Like a smach, it's, it's, it's an allusion, it's found support in the Pasuk, but it's not a biblical mitzvah. So there could be numerous ramifications to whether or not it's biblical or rabbinic. Um, one, one difference would be, well, what if you're not sure if you did it? What if you, what if you don't remember if you had, uh, you were sitting at a meal and you were going to take, you know, everybody has, the, you're at a, at a Sheva Brachas, everybody has their own one little loaf in front of them, and it's designed that you take the one from the guy next to you to make Lechem Mishnah and give it back, and you don't remember if you did it, right? So if you don't remember if you did a mitzvah, if it's rabbinic, then you don't go and do it again, usually. But if it's biblical, then you do. So that could be one um, possible pa- practical ramification. There could be others. So there is this machlekas in practice. We accept that it is a mitzvah de Rabbonah. Um, now, <clears throat> this mitzvah applies also on Yom Tif. Now, even though the reason for Lechem Mishnah, why, why did they have, why did the month fall double on Friday? Why? Right, you can't carry, you can't carry, and you you can't transfer something from public to private property on Shabbos. So it would seem superfluous for it to happen on Yom Tif. Nevertheless, the Paschim will say the Rambam says the Paschim will say that the mitzvah does apply in Yom Tif, and that also in the desert, Lecha Mishnah, they did get a double portion on the eve of Yom, the day before Yom Tif. Now, I'm not sure why that would be the case. I don't know why. But the source for this in the Gemara is interesting because on Pesach, we have a conflict. On the one hand, we have a mitzvah of Lecha Mishnah. You have to have two loaves. On the other hand, you have a mitzvah to break the matzah, right? So what's our workaround, right? You break the matzah, it's not going to be whole anymore. So what's our work? There's different customs, actually. Well, the, the prevailing custom, based on, the, on, on, on one understanding of the Gemara and Brachas, is that the workaround is that's why we have three matzahs. So that we have, when we make the bracha, when we say the bracha, well, that's what we do. When we say the bracha, at the Seder night, we hold the whole pack of matzahs, so that you're holding two whole matzahs. And then you drop the bottom matzah, and you say the bracha, Achilas matzah, just on the top whole one and in the middle broken one. Right? Why do we do that whole? Why do we need three matzahs? Because we want to be able to have two whole ones and we want to have one broken one. Right? So, from the fact that the Gemara has this whole discussion, it's um, implicit that the Gemara is saying that the mitzvah of the Mishnah implies in Yom Tif as well. Right? The Gemara doesn't say you know, this is only applies to when the Seder night falls on Shabbos. This is every Seder night. This is, a, this is an issue that the Gemara addresses in Brachas. So, it's implicit from that Gemara. Now, the mitzvah applies also on Yom Tif. There is actually a beautiful sikha from the Rebbe, and look at the sikha discussing exactly what the, what the nature of the mitzvah of Mishnah is, and, if, and whether or not the nature of the mitzvah is different than Shabbos and Yom Tif. Perhaps we'll have time to, to visit that in, 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 in a little bit in depth next time. Um, but, um, yeah, okay. Now, Okay, so here's, you noticed over here, says the, altar, the words of the Alter Rebbe, every person, male and female, is obligated to break bread in two whole loaves, right? Now, why, why are women obligated in Lecha Mishnah? There is a principle that, um, there's a principle that time-bound positive mitzvah, women are exempt from, women don't have to shake lulav, they don't have to sit in the sukkah, right? So, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to the rule, but that's the rule. We've discussed this rule many times. So why should women be obligated to 
say have to do like a Mishnah. Any thoughts? Oh, very good. One second. So what Bob is saying is actually Rabbeinu Tam. That's what Rabbeinu Tam says. Rabbeinu Tam says that as a principle in the Gemara, that when women, that time-bound positive mitzvahs that commemorate a miracle, if that miracle pertained to women, then women are also obligated to do that mitzvah. So, for example, come on, Bob, keep on going. Megillah, you say? Anyone else? What's another time-bound positive mitzvah that women do because they were also saved by the miracle? Okay, possibly we'll get to that. Hanukkah, right? Lighting menorah. Right, women, they share with the husband, but women, if a woman's living alone, then some women light even, well, there's different customs, but exactly. But certainly if women are living without, if they don't have a husband, then they have to light the menorah. And Ari said the Megillah. I'm going to get to Pesach in a minute. It's a very important point. It's actually relevant to what we're discussing. So why, why do women have to hear the Megillah and, um, and uh, light the menorah? The answer is, because even though it's time down positive mitzvah, so they also, um, so therefore they they have to do that mitzvah. There's actually two pshatim and tosis whether it's whether it's if you have to say that if they were also in, in um, saved by the mitzvah, or is it because they um, is it because they they brought about the, the 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 redemption by Hanukkah, the miracle was brought about through the heroic actions of Yehudis by Purim by Megillah Esther. It was um, through Esther Hamalka. Now the other the third time where the Gemara uses this logic of Afi Noi Ba'isaynes. That they will also say that the miracle is for the four cups of wine on the Seder night. And there also the two interpretations follow, either because they were also saved from Egypt or because they brought about the redemption in accordance with the Gemara that the redemption came in the merit of the righteous women. Now, so the question is now, what about Matzah on the Seder night? So, Matzah on the Seder so, so says, Toysa says that the, the, the reason why women have to eat Matzah on the Seder night. Is because there's a iskush chametz lamatzah, yeah. That basically anybody there's a biblical there's a limit from the pasuk. There's a derivative from the pasuk that we derive from the pasuk that women that anybody who's bound by the by the prohibition against eating chametz is also bound by the obligation to eat matzah. So the, the, the time-bound exemption is only for positive from for, for, for mitzvahs, not for averus, right? Women women are bound by time by they are bound by time-bound negative prohibitions. Right? You're not allowed to eat on Yom Kippur, that's for women also, even though it's time-bound, right? So women are therefore are obligated to abstain from chametz. They are prohibited, let's say that way, yeah? They are prohibited from having chametz on Pesach. So therefore they are also obligated to have matzah. Right, so that's why they have to have matzah. So Toysus explains that this the, this logic of afhein hoyba isaynes only applies to mitzvahs drabanon, only applies to rabbinic commandments, like listening to the Megillah, like lighting the menorah, like having four cups of wine. Those are all rabbinic commandments. But when it comes to biblical commandments, um, 
when it comes to biblical commandments, the logic of doesn't play a role. And that's why with matzah, we don't say they have to eat matzah because they were also saved by the miracle. We say with matzah, we have to have this other logic that because they're bound by the prohibition of chametz, they're also bound by the obligation of matzah. Now, I think the Toysus probably says it about, I think Toysus says it about sukkah. Toysus says that why don't we, I believe that's, I, if, if, thank you for reminding me. I think that the Toysus says it about sukkah. Why don't we say that women are obligated to have sukkah? They were surely also protected by the Anani, by the clouds of glory in the desert. The answer is because we don't say by a biblical mitzvah. Now, over here, it's not a Toysus, but it's Rabbeinu Tam. Now, Rabbeinu Tam is a grandson of Rashi. And he is one of the most prominent and famous Bali Hatoisvis, right? Toisvis is a collection of writings from many um, Talmudic uh, sages, not Rishonim, medieval sages. Um, the vast of, I mean, I'm not the best in the history, but I think the vast majority lived in France. Certainly, Rishon and Benatam ben did. Um, and Benatam is quoted, it's not in Hatoisvis, but he's quoted, look over here. That women have to also have lecha mishnah because they were also by the nest of the month. Now, if you say, like we said before, the Morgan of Rome and the Alter Rebbe Paskin, that the mitzvah of lecha mishnah is rabbinic. And the association with the pasuk is only an asmachta that we find support in the pasuk, but essentially it's still a rabbinic mitzvah. So then it would make sense what Rabbi Natam is saying that af hein hanes. That therefore the women also have to do this mitzvah, but I'm just but I'm pointing out yeah that if you accept the uh, approach of the Taz and Aruch Hashulchan, that it's actually a full fledged biblical mitzvah to have lecha mishnah, so then this would be a little bit problematic. How could Rabbi Tam say that um, that 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 would be a reason to obligate women in lecha mishnah? I, I did not have a chance to look up the Taisus. I have to see over there if there's a, if there's more if there's more than one approach in Taisus. Where, where is it? Uh, that with chametz and matzah, anybody who's a, who's prohibited from partaking of chametz is therefore is thereby also obligated to partake in matzah. So we have a similar thing with Shabbos. Shabbos has zocher v'shomer. There's the positive of remember the Shabbos, and there's the negative not to desecrate Shabbos. Yeah, shomer. We'll get into the logistics right now, but the, the mechanism. But um, right. So here also we say that anybody who is bound by the negative prohibition not to desecrate the Shabbos, which obviously includes women also, because women are bound by time-bound negative commandments. So therefore, they're also bound by the top positive mitzvahs of Shabbos, right? And this is actually the way the Alter Rebbe says it. Um, if you look in the Alter Rebbe later on, in chapter 291, Siv Ches, it says, 
Women are obligated to partake in the third meal as men are, and similarly to break bread on two whole loaves every Shabbos meal. For men and women are equally obligated with regard to every aspect of observance Shabbos, of observance of Shabbos. Uh, Shamar and Zachar are, are, are Zachar is an essay, Shamar is a less essay. Yeah, this, this would fit more into the category of, of, of Zachar, yeah. This, yeah, yeah. Even if it's the Rabbanon, it's still in the, in the yeah. Well, if it's the Rabbanon, we have a different reason why they have the Bichai, right? The Rabbanon is saying you don't need that reason. There's even there's a more basic reason. Yeah. Yeah, and Marshall, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to take the the chart of the, the 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 I think it's the Rashba, the Afhinoi Beis means that they brought about the miracle, so that wouldn't apply to Lechem Mishnah. So that's why the, this reason is better anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? If you say that women are only bound by mitzvahs which they brought about the miracle, then it wouldn't work for Lechem Mishnah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, hang on. But I would say even according to the opinion. That um, it is the Arisa. I think they, to a certain extent, they would acknowledge that where we're learning it from is a mitzvah that was given before Matan Torah. So that might be different. Right? That was a mitzvah that when you went out collecting. Yeah, so that's the that's the that's the shvarekai. It's telling you a story, but the Aruchashukan says no. That because the words are extra, so it's a full fledged limud. Sure, it could be a full-fledged limud, but it was the, the mitzvah is connected to something that... Okay. Meaning more, it would more go into the category, not necessarily the I don't understand why. Why by Derabanan, Afen Ayudosones is compelling and a reason to. Uh, well, to do I, I don't want to get too sidetracked, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't, I don't have, I haven't looked this up, but I think by by Derisus, this principles of of mitzvah stations, Mangram and Oshem Pturis, by Chazal, so Heimamur, Heimamur, they could institute it, and when they have the logic of 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 Afen Ayudosones, so they say, okay, we're going to extend it to women also. But to take that logic, why, why don't just follow the way the Torah does it? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, right? Yeah, yeah. Hard to understand why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a good reason not that they don't. They shouldn't be probably keeping it. So then, why not? All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, what about um, uh, this interesting one? This. Okay, let's first go on to the Gemara. The Gemara says, we already saw the beginning of the Gemara. Let's see the continuation of the Gemara. Hold on. Here we go. So we already saw the Gemara that says before uh, um, that you have to have two loaves, Lachemish, and the Gemara continues. I saw that Rav Ashi, Rav Kana, sorry, would hold two loaves of bread but he only broke one loaf of bread. Because if you look at the puzzle, it says they collected Lecha Mishnah. It doesn't say they ate Lecha Mishnah. Right? They didn't eat the next one that was for Friday, one was for Shabbos. Yeah? It says they collected Lecha Mishnah. So there's a mitzvah to collect, i.e. to hold Lecha Mishnah. There's no mitzvah to eat both of them. The, if they had to have two, they had two for 
Yeah. Friday night. Where's the second one? Right. So, so, so it doesn't match up. Either, right? Right? No, no, no. It doesn't, you're right. It doesn't. That's what I'm saying. This, the story doesn't match up with what we're doing with the pasuk. The story says they had one omer to use for Friday, which which was for the meal of Friday morning and the meal of Friday night, which is also Shabbos. And the second omer was for the meal of Shabbos morning and the meal of Shabbos night. Which, by the way, that's why the idea. That, that's why the, the, the importance of Malava Malka is that the, the meal of Matzah Shabbos is still associated with the Lecha Mishnah, with, with the double portion of one that they got on Friday. In other words, we say in Kiddush, yeah, where the Pasuk says, Vayivarech Vayikadish, Hashem blessed the seventh day and he sanctified the, 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 the seventh day. So Rashi says, that the double portion of one is the extra blessing of Shabbos. The, the double portion of one doesn't finish until after Malach Malka. Because part of the, 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 the half of that omer was eaten on the night meal of Shabbos, which is matzah Shabbos. Wait, you said they got they got four on Friday? No, two, but each one is for two. Each one yeah, omer is for, for two. Each meal is half an omer. Right? They got one omer, and each meal is half an omer. Every the, the, nowadays we have three meals a day, but the, yes, the standard is two meals a day. Right? Nowadays we have three meals. The standard is two meals a day. So when they had an omer, the suddas are yomer, suddas halayla. Okay, uh, so one was for that night. Oh, that, that night so when they had it, they, it wasn't about how many loaves of bread they had. They had a half an omer to eat for the day meal and half an omer for the Friday night meal, right? But we're sort of taking these words a little bit out of context and using it for this limud, and we're saying Lecha Mishnah means you have to have two loaves of bread on Shabbos. Lakta Lecha Mishnah means that you have to hold two loaves of bread on Shabbos. It doesn't mean you actually have to think. Now, then the Gemara continues, and here there's two ways how to read this the next line. Reb Zayra would break, like break, yeah, the same word, batsa, break the bread, akula the whole meal. That it appears gluttonous to be breaking the whole meal. We'll see in a minute what that means. No. If you would break the whole meal every day, then that would appear gluttonous, but if you don't do it every day and you only do it on Shabbos, so then it's clear that you're doing it for the mitzvah and not for, not because you're gluttonous. So what does it mean to break the whole meal? So Rashi says oh, what Abzeir would do was that he would cut, when he when he cut the bread for, 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 for the Shabbos meal, he would cut a big piece of bread, a very big piece, and that piece should suffice for the whole meal. Right? And that the Gemara says, what do you mean? It looks like you're gluttonous, you're cutting yourself such a huge piece of bread. Says, no, every day you cut yourself a small piece. And the Shabbos, you got a big piece, so it's evident that it's the common Shabbos. That's the way Rashi learns the Gemara. And indeed, we pass it that way, that the, uh, you're supposed to, when you cut yourself a piece of challah on Shabbos, you're supposed to cut yourself a piece that's big enough for the whole meal. Now, that becomes a little bit difficult to implement when you're sharing your challah with all the people around the table. And we're going to get to that later about what the correct way to do that is. But, 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 but that's what Rashi says, and that's brought also La Halacha. Um, let me just see quickly. No, cut. Cut is fine. That's just, a, that, that's just an expression. But uh, again, it's not before by the English expression, break bread. Um, Uh, that's what clearly in Shukhanah, that you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to um, you're supposed to cut a piece of bread that's big enough for the whole meal. In practice, I haven't really seen it be done, and I think the reason it's not done is because we slice the bread, we share it with everybody. It's not really possible. However, 
there's a very different reading of the Gemara. The way Rashi is explaining the Gemara here is we have two unrelated statements. One statement is Ravashi, say, Ravashi says that I saw of Kana that he would hold both breads and only cut one of them because, because you only have to hold, you have to eat both of them. And Abzeru would cut a piece of bread that was big enough for the whole meal. The Rashba says that no, th- this is one, this is one continuous of a discussion. Ravashi Kana would say that he would hold two but only break one of them. Says Abzeru, no, says Abzeru, he would cut, not that he would cut a big, Slice for the whole meal. He would cut all the all the bread. He would cut both of the breads, right? So according to this interpretation, we have two opinions. You have to hold two loaves of bread for the and then do you cut one of them or do you cut both of them, right? And indeed, this Rashi is brought by some of the Paskim and the Mishabura brings it um, that uh, the Marshal and the Shalot have the custom to cut both of them as the explanation of the Rashba in the Gemara. And the Chain Hiskim HaGrad of Olegoyen also says that. Um, basically, and, and, and to cut both of them. So, so there is such an opinion. But nevertheless, the custom is like the Shukhanach only cut one of them. But um, for those who follow the Alter Rebbe, for us, the Alter Rebbe says explicitly um, that you only have to cut one of them. It's not necessary to cut, oh yeah, this is in the beginning of Rishai and Dalit. It is not necessary to cut open both loaves. Instead, one should hold both of them in his hand um, and slice open one of them. For the term Lechem was mentioned only with regard to collecting, I holding one's hand. One may release the other loaf from his hand when slicing, holding the two loaves while reciting the blessing suffices. Okay, so far so good. All right. Yeah, one of those are four. See, for us, it's a four, one. Well, okay, not really going in any order over here, but there's another question. The other question is how many meals? So you have like a Mishnah for the Friday night meal, for the Shabbos day meal. Do you need to have two questions? First of all, do you need to have like a Mishnah for Shalashudas? What? I've always thought you don't. Okay. Uh, and 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 furthermore, what if you happen to have a fourth meal on Shabbos? Do you have to have the commission by the fourth meal? So, not surprisingly, this not balance. So you have to have the commission. So, so it's clear. So I don't know wrong. Those are the first in the possible that you have to have the commission of Shabbos also. How's people doing that? I do. I see people doing that absolutely. Most people don't. I, I disagree. For my, when I go to, I mean, okay, so Chabad custom is that we don't wash for Shalashudas, right? But when I've been around in shuls where they have Shalashudas, yeah. they take the one next to them and say, Lacha Mishnah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you agree? Yeah, okay. I do that too. Right, so that's Lacha Mishnah. That's a that's the that That could be, you don't need to have your own two loaves. You could have one loaf and take a loaf from somebody else and combine it. Right? If you hold like the Ashba that you have to cut both loaves, then it wouldn't help to take from the guy next to you because you have to cut both of them. But we Paskin, you only have to cut one loaf, so you could just hold another one from the guy next to you, right? So that's Mufurish. Now, what does he do? Well, uh, then you're going to need to have one spare loaf. If you have 10 people, you have 11 loaves. It's enough for everybody to do like a mission, yeah? Um, and then Pass both of them to you, and you can do it. Well, one could be so from each other. We're going to get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to the idea of how you just if if, if everybody makes their own lachemishno, only one. We're going to get to that, right? 
So that's the first that you have to have like a mission of Jalashadis, but that is another machlechis. The other machlechis is what if you have more than three meals? Do you have to have like a Mishnah? Now, I, I didn't bring that on the sources. Lamaisa, if I recall correctly, certainly the Altarab Paskans. I mean, look over here, first of all, this is, yeah, in seminary, the Kalif, the Lashon is, the Chenin Sayyid basically calls Bechol Suda, yeah, that you have to um, have two whole loaves for every Shabbos meal. Certainly, like Atchila, we pass in like the opinion that you have to have a commission for every meal, even more than three sudas. So even if for whatever reason it's a long Shabbos and you dive in the Vasikim and um, you have you, you had you had the you, you come Shabbos afternoon, you're hungry and you have a fourth meal. Again, I don't know if it's a Chachila or Toiv Lizoir or I, I don't remember the exact uh, terminology used, but certainly the the correct thing to do, if possible, is to have a Mishnah at any meal. So Bamela, yeah. So 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 as far as for Labavitch, as far as we're concerned, even though we we we, we don't, we're not makbid to wash for shalashudas. We rely on those opinions that for the third meal it's enough to just have something to eat. You don't need to have actual bread. But if you choose to wash for shalashudas, then you then you should do the Mishnah. Yeah, because 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 even because so it, it's not worse than having a fourth meal, which you're supposed to have the Mishnah for. Anyway, yeah, you following my logic? Yeah. I'm saying even if you hold that you don't need to wash for shalashudas, so if you don't need to wash, you certainly don't need to have lachem But if you are washing, then you do need to have lachem because you because, because it's no worse than having a fourth and a fifth meal that you have to have lachem for ideally. Right. I think a lot of people assume that that the mitzvah the mitzvah of whether it's derivat and derivat derivat of uh, taking two loaves is in commemoration of the fact that on Friday we got two. But that's true. But it's not like we got two for Friday night and then Shabbos day, right? Really, we got two. We got uh, two that covered both Friday night and Shabbos day, and then even that night after. And Friday morning. It's all, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't really match up in, in neatly in so that way. Yeah, so what we're doing is if we're at every meal on Shabbos, we're commemorating the fact that we exactly, have Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, now what about, any questions or everything clear so far? Thank you for everything. All right, now here's a good question. What about Mazinus? Now there's two questions on Mazinus. One question is, um, one question is if we have mazainus bread, right? So if you have, let's say, challah, it's come more common in New York, you have bread that was made with um, juice, and that's for arguments say that it wasn't made with, it was made with juice that's not from concentrate. Um, so it's proper, quote-unquote, mazainus bread. Nevertheless, if you're making a meal over it, so then you make a mitzi, and that's considered that's that's okay for the Hamishnah. Yeah. But if you're making hamitzi on a regular hamitzi bread, then you should not use your second loaf, ideally of a mazainus loaf. That's A. What's a more common question is what if you're not washing it? You're having kiddush and shul, and you're you're having um, you're having mazainus. You're not well, you're gonna have bread at home. You're having kiddush and shul, you're gonna take a cookie, a piece of cake, a cracker for your mazoinus, Kiddush of Suda. So do you have to take two whole two whole cookies or two whole crackers to make Lechem Mishnah? Because you have to have Lechem Mishnah by every meal. 
What do you think? Gross. It's gross. No, it's a separate meal. What do you got? Uh, I'm pretty sure that the here, let's see if he brings it here. Yeah, so the marshal in in, in the Shmuel Shabbos Kolchasa, he says like you should do so, but um, you should take two cookies and take now. You should I should preface you should take ideally you should always make a bracha on something whole. So if you have let's say if you're having a piece of cake and a cookie, better say the mazonis on the cookie because the cookie is something whole, whereas the cake is usually just a slice of cake, right? But the, but, but 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 so he says that you're supposed to ideally. Make lechemishna on the cookies. Lemaisa, the Alter Rebbe says otherwise. Um, Alter Rebbe says you pick up that kid as you take the cookies and put them together. Yeah, if you put one back, you can. So you're very machmer. Not only do you make lechem mishnah on cookies, you're machmer to eat both of the loaves. Yeah. Uh, oh. Which one that you want, and one that you just eat? There isn't a cookie in the world. It's more deep. I hold more like this. You are. We got one. Right. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so this is from Al Tarebbe. Oh, no, I lost it. So this is from Al Tarebbe in Simukuf Samaches. In the laws, it's not in the laws of Shabbos, it's in the laws of Brachas. And there he talks about different types of dough. You need it this way, that way. And then there he says that if a dough is need, a different rule applies when dough is needed with water, but a small amount of honey and spices is mixed into it, that even though the flavor of the honey and the spices is evident in the dough, nevertheless, the blessing should not be recited over it. Instead, it was the blessing and benching, since the majority of the liquid used is water. Similarly, Similar law applies if a small amount of milk, butter, oil, fat, and other liquids or fruit juice is mixed into the dough. And he finishes off, so that this is a parenthetic comment over there, but it's relevant to us. Therefore, those who bake cakes, which are called schmaltz cakes, for the two breads, for Shabbos, are conducting themselves appropriately because only a small amount of fat is mixed into it. Right? Now, he doesn't say, he doesn't say explicitly that if you're having mazoinus, you shouldn't say lechamit, you don't need to say lechamishna, but it appears that way. He's making it very clear that to fulfill the mitzvah of lechamishna, you need to have actual bread that the bracha is hamitzi, not just, not just mazainus. Okay. Um, You know what? Let's let's move on to this and sort of uh, not going in a very definitive order here. Just saying. Um, okay. 
Yeah, we'll finish with this for today and then we'll continue next time. Whenever you make a bracha on something, you have to hold it. Right? There's nothing to do with Shabbos, there's nothing, nothing to do with Mishnah. You always hold the thing that you're making the bracha on, ideally, in, in your right hand. Right? Now, sometimes you see, see people making the Mishnah and they just touch the bread. So you, know, you don't touch the bread, you hold the bread. You have to hold the bread in your hands. And it's actually brought in the Paschim that you should make sure there's no interruption. Yeah? So, for example, if you, you want it to be ready to eat right away, it's, it's, the marshal you should take, I'm pretty sure if I recall correctly, it says you, have, you should take them out of the bag. Even if you're only cutting one of the breads, but the, the second bread shouldn't be in a bag or a box or something. It should be both sort of right there ready. Um, now, it's brought in general with bread. It's brought in Shulchan Aruch that you should have, that because there are 10 mitzvahs done in the preparation of preparing bread, so therefore you should hold it with all 10 fingers. And therefore, the, the ikka is you hold the bread in your right hand. Again, not touch it, hold it in your right hand. The best way to do it is to hold it in both hands and to have all 10 fingers applied to the bread. Uh, one of the 10, it's just, this is brought in Shukhanat. Again, this is not in the Shabbos. This is in the laws of bracha of bread. This applies anytime you say amaliti during the week as well. That, um, yeah, let's see this. This is Eirechaim Simukhuf Samatzan from the Altenab Shukhanat, chapter 167. Again, the laws of brachas. This again has nothing to do with Shabbos. The blessing of Amaritzi should not be recited before one holds the bread in his hand. This is the blessing for the performance of mitzvahs to recite it directly before the observance side when mitzvah is ready at hand. Um, if you're okay, then he says one must hold the bread in his right hand when reciting the blessing. For whenever one has the blessing of an entity, should hold it in his right hand. It is preferable to place both hands on the bread for the ten fingers correspond to the ten mitzvahs involved in the production of bread. I a one, the prohibition of do not plow with an ox and a donkey. B, the prohibition against sowing mixed species. Three, the mitzvah to leave leka to the poor people. Um, that's the odd stalks that fall. Um, D, the prohibition against taking um, shikha, which is if you forget to, to, to collect or to cut a few stalks. Five, the mitzvah to leave pay at the end of the field for the poor people. Six, the mitzvah of bringing the first fruits, which applies also to wheat and barley, to the base of Mithgosh. Um, what, what is this that One second. G, the mitzvah of separating trumas, uh, the, the first of the tithe, and the, the, the Maiserishan, it's another tithe, Maiserishani, it's another tithe, and also the mitzvah of separating the challah. So basically, there's 10 mitzvahs in the involved in the preparation of bread, and therefore you should hold the bread with 10 fingers oh. and by the way he says consequently there are that's also why there are 10 words in the bracha of baruch hadasham in the kingdom of 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 the words of the kingdom of the kingdom of the kingdom of the of bread. kingdom of the you're supposed to put on it 10 fingers. Uh, so you should hold it this way because you want it to be held in your right hand. And in your left hand, you just want the five fingers to be holding it. Yes, yeah, so and instead of holding the chala, if you hold the chala, if you pick up the two breads like this. And you have it on the second bread, not the one you're eating. That doesn't matter, yeah? You're, you're being on both of them. Even though you're, in fact, only cutting one, you're breaking bread on two breads, right? So if you hold it like this, if you pick it up, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, yeah? If you pick them up, if you pick them up, 
like this, and your right hand is up and your left hand is down. So then the chayra, you could you, you would say you're holding it with your left hand and only touching your five fingers. Here he says the lashon is that you should put on it both of your hands, but you have to hold it in your right hand. So I, I'm, I'm asking, I don't know for sure, I just thought of this right now, that L'Chayra would make, be better to hold it this way with your right hand a little bit lower down so that your right hand is actually holding it and well, your left hand is falling. Right. No, but it could be either way. Yeah, It doesn't matter. I'm if you're... going like this, right? So then if I, like this, it's kind of just balancing. <laughs> now another thought which literally just popped into my head right now one of the ten the, the, the ten mitzvahs yeah so one of the ten mitzvahs is Bikurim the first fruits now Bikurim only applies to the seven species which Yisrael is praised with which, out of which only two of them are grains which is wheat and barley so what if you're having bread made with one of the other species with spout or rye. All oh, that takes away some of the So the only oh, takes one, the mitzvah of Bikurim, so then you can leave your pinky off. You can, you know, like. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know, but maybe it's actually a to have to have a wish. Yeah, yeah, that's why the English. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll pause here and we'll time, like I said, next week there's no class. We'll continue in two weeks. Lacha Mishnah. Uh, yes, I always figured that. When we're commemorating uh, 